Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Hip Senior Podcast, hosted by Marianne Bailey. Each week we sit down with seniors age 55 and up to share stories that will inspire you to live your life to the fullest. Plus, information on the latest services that will allow you to make your golden years into platinum years. So, grab your cup of joe, sit back, and get inspired. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Marianne Bailey with the Hip Senior Podcast. And today we are with Gina Siegel of Caring Transitions of Cincinnati East. Gina, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Marianne. I'm excited to be part of the Hip Senior. I am excited to have you on Um, so that everybody knows uh, Gina is part of our series of talking to businesses that have the heart and the soul to serve senior citizens. And she's going to be telling us a little bit about herself and about what Caring Transitions of Cincinnati East does for seniors and how they work. So Gina, um, I'll let you give us an introduction about yourself and, and what you do, how did you get into um, helping seniors and and some more information about you? Great, uh, thanks again. Um, I love your platform, Marianne. This is such a great, great uh, service. And who doesn't wanna be hip, by the way? And Right, um, no matter what your age. <laughs> right, your podcast, your articles, they're just all relevant for um, the space in which we work. So um, happy to be here. Oh, thank you. Caring Transitions is um, is a full solutions business that serves primarily seniors. We specialize in seniors in helping them with downsizing, decluttering, relocating, and then uh, liquidating the things that they no longer want or need. So in a nutshell, that's really what we do. It's an overwhelming process if you've ever been in it. Um, if you've ever had to downsize yourself, um, no matter what your age or circumstance, it is crushing. Yeah. Um, but then if you add cognitive impairment to it or physical um, limitations, it becomes that much more gigantic. So um, it, it's a full family process and everyone gets involved. Um, so the reason why uh, why we even got into this business, my husband and I, was based on personal experience. So um, in about 15 years ago, my husband and I were living in New York. Uh, We have corporate jobs and I'm an only child of divorced parents. They divorced when I was 17. So at this point they were alone again in their own uh, homes. And things just started happening where we thought, you know, had we been in town, had we been close, could we have made a difference? And we looked at each other and said, yeah, the answer is yes. So we um, moved back to Cincinnati and uh, we just started the whole process. So um, my mother was beginning Alzheimer's. My father was in heart failure and we wound up fast forward a little bit. We wound up um, realizing that they were no longer thriving at home. 
um, my, my mom was no longer safe um, for many reasons. My father was uh, limited to his recliner. He couldn't get up the stairs or around the house very easily. He couldn't cook for himself very well. And, but cognitively, he was strong. So within 24 hours, we had to move my mom into an assisted living facility and my father into an independent living facility. And that in and of itself was a huge feat um, with all sorts of components to it. What do, we, what do you pack? How do you know what they'll need? Um, they came from larger spaces. Now we have to move into a smaller space. How do you do that? And um, while maintaining their dignity, while wanting to honor them all the way through. So um, we, what happened, my dad started thriving because now he's in this community where he can participate in life again. He had a scooter now and um, through the help of the VA, he was able to have a choice in where he went and and uh, was was offered equipment, those kind of things. So he just came alive. They're, they were stimulated through presentations, cooked meals were cooked for them. Um, my mother now had 24 seven eyes on her and she had a community of people around here. So they weren't alone anymore anyway. The, so they were starting to thrive on their own, but now I had two whole households to liquidate. Um, and I didn't know the value of anything. I didn't know, I, we couldn't leave any value on the table because we needed that, we needed to capture that to take care of them. And so we tried everything to um, get rid of things. We donated what we could. We tried to sell what we could. It was a disaster, but we muddled through it. We missed my mom's first closing because we couldn't get the house emptied on time. So fast forward now 10 years and we, my husband and I knew that we wanted our own business, but we also knew that it had to be something meaningful. So as much as our family loves Dairy Queen, we knew it had to be more than ice cream. So we, uh, my husband found Caring Transitions 10 years too late for us, but um, it was the perfect opportunity for us to use our excruciating experience and come alongside other families and help them have a better experience than what we had. So that's our why. That's how we're, we're doing what, um, what we never thought we would. You know, it's sometimes, um, what did they say? Necessity is the mother of invention. Absolutely. You know, um, I was thinking about the other day I was interviewed for, um, a story that's coming out hopefully sometime this week in the Dayton daily news. And, they were saying, you know, the the reporter was asking, you know, like, oh, so COVID has kind of like really helped you. And I'm like, well, COVID took me out of the spot I was in and threw like a tornado threw me into another spot that was still relevant to what I was doing, but mm -hmm. kind of forced my hand to be like, oh, I'm not making income um, from being out in people's homes anymore. Now I need to to look at something where that I can work from home and be able to replicate myself and, and still engage seniors and still engage people that want to work with seniors and do that kind of stuff. So, you know, sometimes what we think is our future isn't always exactly what our future looks like, but we have to be uh, supple enough and, and lenient enough to be able to, to sway with the way the, the road turns when, when we need to go that way. So, um, my hat off to you for, for recognizing the, the need for that and, and stepping into that role. It's, 
it's been a privilege. It's a way of using that hardship for good. And so every day we get to work with clients who are overwhelmed. And the number one feedback we get back from uh, from the individual and from their families is you've given us peace of mind. We now have a plan. And oftentimes no one prepares us for this part, by the way, whether you're an adult child or you're a senior, we have a lot of options, but no one has prepared us for this road. And um, to ignore the possibility of an enriching community that helps each other, by, that lassos that um, hardship and uses it for good would be a lost treasure. So it's been a privilege for sure. It's not what I expected to do, you know, all those years ago when, when I graduated from college, but it is the most meaningful thing, uh, the most meaningful business experience I've had. So tell us a little bit more about the process. Is when somebody contacts you, are are they usually frazzled? Are they like, my, my mom just moved into a nursing home and we've got to clear out her space? Or is it and or is it uh, my parents are uh, hoarders and they can't get around around their space with, with a wheelchair or with a scooter or it's just not safe for them to be there or what tell, tell us what the what the norm is for you. It's that full gamut that you offered. So there are some people who are joyfully downsizing. They, they don't want to do take care of their yard and their yard anymore. They don't want to clean the second floor. They don't want a basement anymore. They um, they joyfully are looking forward to getting to a smaller space where maybe their meals are cooked for them if they're moving into a senior community or the fact that they're moving into a smaller apartment or a home within an HOA. So there's that. Do they have to be moving? Could they just be staying where they're at and still downsize? They absolutely could do that. And we help with that. We help them um, make good choices about how to declutter and how to thoughtfully disperse the things that they have. You know, if you talk with... um, I was speaking with a, a, a guy who owned a duct cleaning business and he, this, he enlightened me to all of the um, research that shows that the more stuff you have in a home, the more likely you are to have bacteria, um, allergies because of the dust opportunities, because of the mold opportunities, because of just uh, things just sitting stagnant. So there's a whole other health issue that can be alleviated through any of us decluttering. So that's one phase, yes. Uh, whereas they're just staying and maybe they're moved. They know they want to move at some point, but they just want to start the process now. Um, I'm working with a client now who she and her husband called me and they were uh, they were very honest in saying that she struggled with letting go of things. We all do. We all go through that process of, of because everything we see around our house is has an emotion ta- attached to it or a memory of something. Um, and so it's hard to declutter. There is truly an emotional process and in some ways, a form of grieving that goes on. So um they they said they were telling me how the the wife in particular struggles with it, and they were both being very respectful of each other. 
uh, and she said, you know, I'm at the point where I just need some help um, deciding because I'm going to put things in storage and let my kids deal with it later. The fact that I personally inherited three large storage bins from my, my mother who had the same struggle um, was devastating to our family. And at the time we had two toddlers. It took us years and a total of $20,000 outlay of cash to get rid of those um, storage bins that she had had for over 30 years. So, um, so I helped her to rethink that strategy. Storage bins serve a great purpose when you have a plan for them and they should be, um, they should be considered as more of a temporary situation but she wanted for her children to take that on. So we're working with her just to, you know, start the dialogue with her kids. And um, if there's a storage bin in her future, in their future, to make sure that there is a timeline attached to it and um, a plan beyond just getting it out of sight. So um, that's to answer your decluttering question. And then it goes all the way up to, yes, um, hoarding where families are, um, are under duress because they their loved one is struggling with this. Um, All you have to do is watch the TV show <laughs> to know that, right? Which is like research for me, or research and development for me. Um, yeah, exactly. One episode will will give you a snapshot into the hardship of that. I've only watched ever watched three or four episodes in my life. I don't have cable TV, so I don't normally see that. But the people that I'm house sitting for right do now have it. And I watched one episode the other day and the woman had her house was, it was presentable if they had guests over for dinner. Her kitchen was clean. They could sit down at the dining room table, whatever. But when you started looking in like the basement and stuff, but what got worse was she had told her husband that she had one storage unit um, full of stuff. Well, it turned out she not only had, I think it was two or three storage units that he didn't even know about, but then she also had a store front like downtown mm -hmm. um that was full of stuff as well and so she was paying I, thousands of dollars you know um every month uh, or every year i think it was eighteen thousand a year or something like that to store right. all this stuff and she and he's like i he goes she goes i bought this for you for whatever whatever he's like i don't need this stuff she, there was stuff in there that he had thrown away and she had taken out of the trash thinking he might need this in the future Right. Like, oh, I throw it away for a reason. It doesn't work. Right. So yeah, there's definitely. Um, so do you bring in like you know if you watch hoarders, they bring in like like a psychologist type person or whatever. Do you work with people to help with some of the mental stuff that goes along with hoarding when you're working with those type of people? So we we don't often run into those situations where there is truly a psychological, emotional, maybe trauma related um, right. issue that sparks that. And if and when we do, we always defer to a professional because you have to treat the person first. Otherwise you're just moving stuff from this place to that place and opening it up to be filled again. Right. So um, yeah, we, we are so client focused that it's not about the job. It's about what's going to help the client reach their objectives and get to a healthy state and a, a positive state. So, and you know, what we didn't touch on is that the majority of our clients are in the middle. They are moving. And as we talked about, moving is stressful. So um, the, the overwhelm of packing and 
the uh, then once you're there unpacking all of the boxes you know you look if you looked in your kitchen now and you guessed at how many boxes it would take to pack that up give it your best shot at a guess and i guarantee you that the true amount will be twice that we just always underestimate what that is and so once you get started in it 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 just becomes maddening and um so we we for those families who are doing parts of the parts of the process themselves, um, we just encourage them to take a little bit, a chunk at a time, and set a small goal so that you can see the results, but also feel good about it and be able to walk away um, and come back to it. Um, our services are always a la carte, so you pick as many or as few services as you know would help you as are, are good for you, and that's what we work with. Um, I would imagine that then, in, uh, families out of town that that you are essential to them being able to manage this because, you know, we used to all live in the same cities and the same towns and be able to to uh, live or work near our parents as far as getting yeah. stuff done. And these days, um, jobs take us everywhere and family. Yeah. Work, so, yeah, and essential, fun. essential tank, essential taking on more than one meaning now that, um, yes, 40 percent of the population of adult children live away from their parents. Um, It's a huge number. And then essential also meaning that right now, when especially the assisted living communities are mostly or have been mostly on lockdown um, for the past year, we have um, been deemed essential by the government as well as communities to go in on family's behalf. So we don't take that lightly. We know how stressful that is because family members, oftentimes family members want to be there. Um, whether the person has passed away and now we're packing up things to ship them home or whether they're just moving to a different community or across campus to from independent to assisted or assisted to memory, whatever that move entails. Family Families want to touch it and be part of it. It's it's a way of helping and not feeling so helpless. Um, so we we honor that whole process by letting allowing them to be as involved as possible. We do FaceTiming. We do Zooming with as many. We've uh, had a Zoom conference with as many as six siblings while we walk around the apartment. And it's as if they are there with us. And we open drawers and we um, we discuss individual items as to what should happen with that. So um, if the if their parent is there or their loved one is there, we put them on FaceTime and let them have the conversation together with, with their loved one. Um, <clears throat> so it's the next best thing to being there. And it still provides peace of mind because they know that we're all background checked. We carry the highest level of insurance um, um, we are bonded insured within sadly an unregulated industry and we care our, our team members are extraordinary they're all sons and daughters they're compassionate they're caring and if they're not it then we know that it's not the right fit for them and we agree to part ways but um we we just bring truly that caring um component to each project 
project and and make the family members feel as if they have extended family in the room. So you told me a little bit ago that um, when all this happened, like you weren't able to put a price tag on, on some things because, you know, you'd never done that. I'm sure your experience level and your, your over the years, you, you've learned more about what the value of stuff is. But what right. I know a lot of seniors have like collectibles that are, are jewelry or um, uh, paintings and stuff like that that are valuable right. and um, we don't always have the knowledge to price those things like that. Do you bring in people that that add a different level to to that? We do. Sometimes we're dealing with the states where uh, the estate attorney uh, requires a tangible personal property inventory for equitable distribution. So this is the more mechanical side to it. We can, um, we can bring in a team who will assess according to their level of depth required. Um, we will assess the entire contents of the house, um, either by room or by items valued at X and above, or however the attorney um, deems it necessary. And we'll put together an official document that um, declares the, the perceived market value of the contents of the estate. Um, then from there, it's really between the family members as to how they divvy things up or whether or not they have a sale. So, um, so if, uh, it all starts with an in-home consultation because it's the only way that we can get our head around what they truly have left. And it's the stuff that really becomes the most stressful. The, if they're moving out of a house and they're selling a house, it's the home has the highest value that's the part you want to get to but oftentimes it's the stuff that's left behind that the family no longer wants or needs um, that poses the obstacle they become the obstacle to getting to the home which is that value point so we um depending on what they have and how much they have it could mean an in-home estate sale which by the way we closed down our in-home estate sales during covid we, they're still shut down other offices may do that depending on their, um, their city's uh, uh, requirements and mandates, we have chosen to remain um, out of the in-home estate sales. However, we specialize in and we are very successful with our online auctions, which is, it's ctbids.com. It's a national platform um, that all 200 um, or so franchisees use. It's the portal that we use, but each sale is independent. So if you have enough things of perceived sale value to make a, an auction worthwhile. Our business model is we're going to use the things in your house. And by the way, we're going to use everything that we can in the house, whether it's gardening tools or um, dishes or collectibles or fine art or uh, fine jewelry across the board, whatever you have in your home, we're going to put them to work for you to get you to as close to zero cost or better as possible. So in other words, we may have a situation where we're um, doing a space plan for the person to make sure that the things they want to take will actually fit in their new place. So we upload electronically the floor plan in place of things. We may pack for them, move them, unpack for them at the back end. So sheets on the bed, dishes in the cupboards, clean um, clothing in the closets, all of that uh, trash taken away then we would host a sale at the end and then do a final clean out. 
um, of the things that didn't sell or were not sale worthy. So one client in particular that I'll use as an example, we did all of that for. We, um, we, and then even after we had sold some things, there were still three dumpsters worth of stuff in the house that was broken, old, expired, you know, fill in the blanks. Um, And after all of those services, we still sent the family a check instead of an invoice at the end. It doesn't always work that way because it depends on what you have in the house. But um, going back to the value proposition, we will recommend the best strategy for you. So maybe it's not a sale, maybe really what's left in the home, maybe there's a handful of things um, that are sale worthy that we can sell to a private buyer, or maybe the, everything that's left because the family has thoughtfully taken the things that really have the perceived value. And now all that's left is really things that are more appropriate for a donation or a clean out. Um, whatever your situation is, we're going to recommend the best strategy to, and the most cost-efficient strategy to get your house empty. Um, And by the way, things are not what they once were um, as far as value goes. Brown, chunky wood furniture is very low. Uh, People spent thousands of dollars on dining room sets and they're just worth a fraction of that. One dealer put it to me this way. He said, take what you paid for that entire dining room set and lop off the last digit. So in, in effect saying that it's worth about 10% of what you paid for it. Um, collectibles, not so much. You know, yeah, we all- their, their kids these days, you know, people hold on to the stuff thinking, oh, I'm going to pass this on to my kids. The kids don't want stuff. They want experiences in life. They want to take their money and go snowboarding or jump out of a plane or do this stuff or or go to Disney World with their kids and experience things going on, not collect stuff that their parents have collected from 100 years ago, you know, that just doesn't really affect their, their, their value in life anymore. Absolutely. And talking about experiences, we were robbed. I was robbed of my time with my mom and dad for the life force and the time that emptying their house, figuring out where to sell things, figuring out where to donate things, um, that took up all of my time and effort where all I wanted to do was be with my mom and dad and you know, just lean into that. So <clears throat> yeah, and then you, you always get the beanie baby question. Well, I've got this one beanie baby, it's retired and there's an error in the tag and, and I just saw it on eBay for $10,000. And um, so but we well, it's selling for $10,000. That's it, Marianne. So, um, so sure enough, someone is trying to sell it for $10,000, but then when you flip the filter to what did it actually sell for last week, last month, recently, it was actually $10. So um, that's the value. What are people willing to pay for it? That's the true value. I guess I should give away my Beanie Babies. I think I have like five in the bottom of a, of a file drawer out in the garage right now that are just kind of sitting around. <laughs> so- well, look it up first. There are always exceptions. There are exceptions to every rule, but for the most part, fine china. You know, things like sterling silver have absolutely kept their value. Gold kept their value. Um, so there are some things that uh, right now, mid-century modern is a very desirable design. And um, we ha- we've had um, buyers pay up to $4,000 for, um, for a chair. So um, that's mid-century modern. So, you know, you, 
there were always exceptions, but for the most part, we all just have that um, plain old Beanie Baby. All right, so we've got a few minutes left. What are some final thoughts um, that you might wanna share with us? And then how can people get in touch with you? So I think if you, if you sense or if you know that sometime in the future, um, if not immediately, um, there will be a need to relocate for your parents, for yourself, start having the conversation, have the conversation with your kids, have the conversation with your parents, depending on who, who we're talking about. Um, and it's important to listen to each other. You know, what are your greatest fears? What are your greatest um, hopes? And start with those kind of questions. So the dialogue has begun. And then just know that for all of these, all of the facets of moving and emptying a home and getting ready to sell a home and, and move somewhere else, we at Caring Transitions can be of help in as many steps of the process or as few. We, uh, we know what it feels like. We know what it looks like. We know um, firsthand, all of our team members know, at least in Cincinnati East, know what this experience is like and we would love to come alongside your families and um and and help you have a great experience um to get in touch with us we, you can always find us on google our our website is caring transitions cincinnati east.com or if you are from out of state and or out of the community you can always just go to the corporate website which is caring transitions with an app com and plug in your zip code to pull up your local office. Uh, as I mentioned, there are over 200 offices nationwide. So um, chances are there's one close to you who can help. And we, by the way, we work with each other all the time with when someone moves up from North Carolina or we send someone down to Florida, we, um, we will help them on the front end and let our uh, other office help them with the, the back end services or vice versa. So that's what makes us a little more unique as well and fun to work with yeah and you know what you say about the conversation um i wish for, for me i wish that starting you know 60 years old or so that people would start asking talking to their children as they become older you know none none of the teenagers really wanted they they're not thinking in that mode of like oh when my parents pass away this is what i want of theirs but having those conversations as to uh, what of mine um, do you really want? You know, my my wedding rings, my um, this furniture that that was maybe your grandmother's. Like I have my grandmother's sewing machine, mm -hmm. uh, old fashioned sewing machine. I don't sew a lick. I hate sewing. <laughs> I can sew, but I hate it. Yet I'm lugging around the sewing machine that weighs a ton because it was my grandmother's. Okay. My aunt was supposed to inherit it. I don't know why I have it, but I do. So, uh, but having that conversation of saying, what, what exactly do you really want? What, what sentimental value would you be willing to lug around for the next, you know, 50 years of your life and what, what's meaningful um, so that they can understand that, like you said, you know, that old wood chunky furniture that they're holding on to for, for their kids, they don't want or for their grandkids or whoever. 
you know, um, I have some dishes that were my grandmother's that my mom bought her when she got out of nursing school. I, I, I use those on a daily basis, um, <clears throat> for sentimental value you know, reasons. Um, but, the, but there's a lot of stuff like my parents just downsized, um, and moved to a different house. And, um, I wasn't part of that process cause I'm in Ohio and they're in Florida and, and kind of didn't even know what was really going on, but <laughs> Whole other, whole other episode there. Podcast. Yeah. But just having that conversation with them and knowing, you know, what, what really is meaningful to them and, and what they're not really wanting out of there. So that these, they, in their head, they stop holding on to it. But for the seniors to be open to the fact of their children telling them, look, I really don't want that. I know you've been holding on to it for 30 years for me, but I really don't want it. And for the senior not to be hurt that their kid doesn't want it. Wanted. There's a there's a lot of guilt involved, yeah. and it's well meaning. It's well intended that the person wants to sh share something that's been so special to them, or to their ancestry for uh, 200 years, with the next generation. But to also be mindful that it's okay if they don't want it, and yeah. and start planning out um, the next extended life for this piece to allow someone else to treasure it so yeah because i just downsized when like i said i'm house sitting right now um and before i move this time you know you're right sometimes um moving is a very stressful uh sometimes physically exhausting mentally exhausting yeah process i have done it more in the last five years since i've gotten divorced than i even want to admit uh, but so this time I literally, I sold all of my furniture before I wasn't emotionally attached to any of it. And I literally, besides my bed, I sold everything I owned except for like what could go in a box or whatever. And, and, and I was very careful what I actually boxed up and I'm like, I'll just, I'll just buy what I need when, when I get settled again, you know, at the end of, of this, um, at the end of, uh, this journey here. And, um, it was kind of liberating. It was like, okay. Yeah. You know, there wasn't anything that I really, you know, I kept my grandmother's sewing machine and a few things, you know, but other than that, every, the couch, my dining room table, you know, everything gone. <laughs> it's very freeing, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. So that when I move again, you know, um, luckily the weather's getting a little bit better. I'm going to be able to get out there and get through some more boxes and kind of, you know, toss some stuff and, and sell some stuff before I move back in, in April again. Uh, and just just to know that I'm not carrying around junk. And some of that junk is emotional junk um, that gets released as we do that as well. So I encourage everybody to kind of look at their stuff with, with open minds and open hearts and, and really realize that your children probably do not want 90% of what you're holding on to them uh, for that and not to be hurt when they say, no, we don't want this. Start so, the conversation and, yeah. and take a picture of it take a picture of it that um you have and if you ever need to go back to it you you don't have to unpack it from a box or yank it out of the basement corner you can actually just look at a photograph on your coffee table sipping your coffee and and just have those good memories from that that's it gina thank you so much for joining us today um, I wish you all the best with your business. I know I'm sure with the, the with the pandemic and everything, everything's been a little bit uh, challenging and all that other stuff, but hopefully we're on the upswing from that. Everybody, it's Gina Siegel with Caring Transitions Cincinnati East. Uh, thank you again for being with us and for sharing your wealth of knowledge on this subject. Thanks again, Marianne.
Everybody, uh, check out thehipseniordirectory.com for more businesses uh, that serve and have uh, the heart and the soul to serve seniors and for their well-being. Take care. Bye, everyone. And now just a quick message from our sponsor of the day, Anchor by Spotify. Hi friends, this is Marion Bailey from The Hip Senior. Have you ever wondered what it takes to have a podcast? Well, I'm here to tell you that Anchor.fm is one of the easiest ways to get started. You can have a podcast up and running in one day. Did you know that? You can talk about things in your past, things that are going to happen in the future, things about a business or a volunteer opportunity. There's all kinds of reasons and things that you can do with a podcast. And I'm here to let you know that using Anchor by Spotify is one of the easiest ways to make a podcast. Everything that you need to record a podcast, to edit it, and to get it listed in all the major podcast listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Everything's in one place. Simple to do. And oh, I forgot to mention, it's completely free. If you want more information about hosting a podcast or getting started, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now back to our podcast. Thanks for listening to the Hip Senior Podcast. Remember to subscribe or you'll miss out on more inspirational stories that will make your golden years into platinum years. If you'd like to learn more about the senior services provided today, please visit us online at www.thehipsenior.com.